RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt, and today is Wednesday, June 5th, 2019. On today's show, Star Trek illustrator Keith Birdsong passes away at 59, George Takei talks about his pride for Pride Month, and game developer Lucid Sight brings the USS Enterprise to blockchain. All that, plus this week in Trek history, coming up next. Starting off today's show with some sad news. Renowned Star Trek illustrator Keith Birdsong passed away yesterday from complications following an automotive accident. He was 59. TulsaWorld.com wrote a wonderful tribute to the Oklahoma-based artist, highlighting some of his biggest achievements and some of his life story. As a child, Birdsong was a self-taught illustrator who never did well in art class. He said, I didn't follow directions. I always drew what I wanted. I would kind of start with what they wanted and then end up doing something else, doing my own thing. After graduating, he became a paratrooper in the U.S. Army and worked as a journalist at the same time. Over time, he began to pitch stories and illustrations to magazines and built his portfolio up. Birdsong made a name for himself doing illustrations for book covers and worked as a freelance illustrator in North Carolina before returning to Oklahoma in the late 1980s. Eventually, he became associated most strongly with Star Trek. Quoting the TulsaWorld.com piece, Birdsong's body of work includes hundreds of illustrations linked to the Star Trek franchise, including posters, book covers, and collector plates. But he was also hired to provide likenesses of Elvis Presley and others for the U.S. Postal Service. Some of his works are in the Smithsonian Institution, including a likeness of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Keith Birdsong suffered a serious stroke last year in 2018. He was left with memory loss and impaired vision, and was advised not to try drawing anymore as it might lead to depression. But when his vision started to return, he picked it up again, and eventually held an art show at his home earlier this year. Memorial services for Keith Birdsong are being held at 2 p.m. on Friday, June 14th at Christian Chapel in Muskogee, Oklahoma. George Takei has long been a supporter of the LGBT community and one of its most outspoken members. Ahead of his appearance at State Theatre New Jersey later this month, and in honor of Pride Month, Takei sat down with the magazine Out in Jersey for an interview. Takei talked at length about his childhood in a Japanese-American internment camp, his political career, and his role as an advocate for LGBT rights. He also touched on why his experience with Star Trek fans led, in some ways, to his being a recurring guest on The Howard Stern Show. He said of the show, I was working for the Human Rights Campaign, and they put together a nationwide speaking tour for me at various universities and corporations to speak about coming out. 
I was getting a lot of Star Trek fans that came to those events, but my aim was to talk about the LGBT movement and the LGBT condition. The people that were really interested in that part of my talk were either LGBT people, allies, or liberals who were open to considering equality. That is all well and good, but we needed to reach that mainstream majority. We decided that it is Howard's audience that is the mainstream. We like to think that a good number of them are fair-minded, decent people who are at least open to considering things, particularly when they know you are a celebrity. Star Trek helped me reach one mass group of people, and through Howard, I can reach another mass group of mainstream people. When Out in Jersey asked Takei what he thinks brings him the most pride at this stage of his career, he said he was proud of the achievements that Japanese Americans have made. He implied that he was proud of LGBT advancements in Hollywood, and he also expressed pride that his father was able to see him be successful before he passed. He said, I am proud of the fact that my father lived to see me doing Star Trek The Motion Picture. When he saw me working on a feature motion picture of Star Trek, he was very sick. When he passed, he knew that I was making it in my career, so I am proud of that. My father was proud of the decision I had made that he had, in a very circumspect way, been actually disappointed about. George Takei will appear at State Theatre New Jersey in An Evening with George Takei, where no story has gone before. That's one night only, Thursday, June 20th at 8pm. A game development company is bringing the enterprise to blockchain. VentureBeat brings us the story today of game development company LucidSight, the makers of CSC, or Crypto Space Commander. LucidSight have recently partnered with CBS Interactive to bring the USS Enterprise and other iconic Star Trek ships to CSC for a limited time only. Quoting the VentureBeat piece, CSC is an open-universe game in which players command starships to mine, harvest, and craft items that are secured by the Ethereum blockchain. For a limited time, a selection of the most recognizable starships from Star Trek will be sold as unique digital items. Fazri Zuber is the Chief Technology Officer at LucidSight. In a Medium article yesterday, he said, Star Trek inspired me at a young age to pursue a career in technology. It is such a privilege to get the chance to bring Star Trek into a new frontier with the first blockchain USS Enterprise. He goes on to explain the technology. All items in CSC, including Star Trek event items, are secured to the Ethereum blockchain as a true digital item. Each item and ship created are given blockchain and index serial numbers based on the order created. This public record of creation and ownership will persist on the Ethereum blockchain and cannot be modified. The ownership record of these items also cannot be changed, even by us, the developer, without the secure consent of the item owner via the Ethereum blockchain. Using blockchain technology, CSC will empower player-owned economies where all game assets can be traded and sold in-game or in marketplaces. The game has been in development for over a year and is currently targeting initial release late summer on Steam, Zubair said. I have so many questions, starting with, what's a blockchain? 
In just a moment, I'll be taking you back in time to find out what happened this week in Star Trek history. But first, a word from me. This show is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. From as little as a dollar a month, you can help me keep the show running by offsetting my production costs and allowing me to concentrate on bringing you the best Star Trek content as it happens. To find out how you can be a part of the daily Star Trek news family, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. And now a look back into Star Trek history. This week's Star Trek history segment is a little different. I stumbled upon an article earlier this week that I want to share with you. Technically, it's from last week in Trek history, but seriously, I think you'll like this one. The Bend Bulletin out of Bend, Oregon, does a feature where it looks back at this week in old issues of the Bulletin, compiled by the Deschutes County Historical Society. Last week's feature looks at stories such as 100 years ago, 600 pounds of fish were devoured at an annual fish barbecue. 75 years ago, Mrs. K. Hubbard, who was a Broadway composer before going to live in Central Oregon, sold the movie rights to her book, Who Could Ask for Anything More, to RKO Pictures, and was leaving with her family for Hollywood immediately. And 25 years ago last week, some Star Trek fans in Bend were angered by the first hour of the two-hour series finale of Star Trek The Next Generation being blacked out on television. Let me pause here to explain. The air date of All Good Things was scheduled for May 23rd, 1994. KTVZ Channel 21 in Bend had already angered fans by delaying the broadcast for a week. Keep in mind, there was no such thing as CBS All Access in 1994. The episode was rescheduled for 6 p.m. on Saturday, May 28th. I'll let the Bend Bulletin explain the rest. A spokeswoman for Bend Cable said switchboards lit up Saturday night from unhappy viewers who expected the finale to be shown at 9 p.m. Saturday on KEZI Channel 9 in Eugene, and instead found Star Trek blacked out on Bend Cable. By law, Bend Cable and other cable companies in Deschutes County must black out on other stations syndicated programming purchased by KTVZ if the Bend station requests it. KTVZ General Manager John Larkin blamed confusion about which station was carrying the finale at what time, and was forced to preempt existing programming to show the finale again. Tune in again next Wednesday for more Star Trek history. That's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email. Info at dailystartreknews.com is the address. Or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Daily Trek News. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network